You're listening to Nick Snacks on KFKA, hosted by Nick Kenny and Alyssa Sanchez. Nick is a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments and the voice of the Colorado Grit. Alyssa, a self-proclaimed local hero, is a proud cat owner and brings balance to Nick's antics. Nick Snacks touches on Nick and Alyssa's passions and interests, as well as local and global conversation starters through their perspectives, offering unique insights to the world's happenings. Prepare to be entertained during this thought-provoking and entertaining show. Welcome back, listeners. It's been a long time since we've had a Nick Snacks. Did you miss us? You know what they say about absence. It makes the heart weak. Yes. Right just how we like them. <laughs> for wow, what, uh, what do weird they say start about absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder. Oh, that's it. That's I knew it was it. a heart thing. Oh, I, you genuinely all right. Yes, fonder. Our fans are more fond of us now that they've been deprived. They are. They, I'm sure every listener just smiled, yes. if not physically, then inwardly. <laughs> yes, that they are. Yes, with us again, sparking inward smiles. Yes. What a tagline. I know. It should be our tagline. Huh. We got to make t-shirts or something. I know a guy. Hey, that's awesome. I've uh, got a Sharpie. Wh- what would a logo look like for inward smiles? Oh, God. Because you couldn't have a smiley face. No, you couldn't. I don't know. I don't know. It Would it, would it be a a face or would it have to be... A an image that brings happiness, like a what is it? Those things, the the Rorschach tests. Oh, that's good. But you'd have to craft something that sparks you won't joy. Physically smile, but internally you'll feel a sense of warmth and peace. Mm, I feel that Comfort. way around bread. So maybe we could do bread. <laughs> to, to just a loaf of bread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nick snacks in sparking inward smiles and a loaf of bread. I think I think our fans would love that. I uh, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> I baked um, a sourdough for the first time this past weekend. I, I'm, I'm going through the process of teaching Papa Tom how to bake sourdough. Oh, nice! And it's been a very busy. It's just been a very busy. Yes. Period. Yes. So uh, we had to do an overnight bake, and um, I'm not very good at those yet. And at least I know why. I mean, at the end of the day, I still have bread, and it's still right. delicious. It's just not up to the ridiculously high Nick Kenny level of excellence that I yes. I have for anything that I produce. Yes. But uh, so tips and tricks out there for some sourdough fans. Um, finally, my starter is really healthy and active again. You know, I'm trying to set aside some time to bake because it does bring me joy. And I mean, it's it's bread. It brings me inward joy, too. Yes. There and we go. smiles. <laughs> so I made a grave mistake. We he, Papa Tom came over Saturday. We got everything mixed up. First of all, if you're if you're prepping the, the flour, I use bread flour for that, not for daily feedings. I use all purpose flour for that. AP, as we call it on the streets. Mm, yeah, um, the streets of your kitchen. <laughs> the streets of my kitchen. Yeah, they're rough. Lights are flickering. Yep. It's, uh, Cats tumbleweed. everywhere. Yep. yep. Um, uh, I sift it. Oh. 
and that helps to you know just not be the clumps of your if you're using you know a measuring cup which you shouldn't use always weigh always weigh mm. in, when you're in, when you're baking anyway um, got that done uh, I was going to do an overnight rise well by the time I got to it Sunday and pounded it down cut it up divvied it out for the second rise. Um, it had eaten all its food. You know, there wasn't much left, so it had deflated. Again, it's so good, it's just on the dense side. Well, I was talking to a buddy who got me into sourdough. He said, what happened? Like, the house is a little chilly. It shouldn't have risen, and, and, and you know, that overnight should have been okay. Well, did you put it in the refrigerator? No. That's what you're supposed to do for an oh. overnight or multiple-day bake is it'll still, um, you know, eat that food, you know, the um, – flour getting all eaten up and get all the bubbles and the gases and everything released. Um, it just did that too fast, so there was nothing left for it to do, which is why the the, the bread deflated. Interesting. And there's not much you can do to reactivate that. So um, hmm. I haven't tried the overnight successfully in the refrigerator because I did forget about that, <laughs> clearly. Um, and then I don't know for the second rise if you can just right throw it into the bake. So I've got a few more experiments to do for those multiple days where I can't commit, you know, a full eight hours or ten hours to to uh, successfully have a sourdough bake. It's a long breaking bread is a long process. I also just recently start, tried to get back into bread baking, and I really like to make focaccia, which is less mm. taxing, but it just doesn't taste as good if you don't do it in the long right process. Like that's fair, focaccia. That's very oily. Yes, I did yes. Uh, probably a version of that the other night when I made dinner for the grit boys and I. Um, it was just a two-hour bread baking because I got home. I was like, that inspired me to do some sourdough because mm-hmm. it's so much better. But uh, that oily, I don't know, it was just tried to be a French bread that went really flat. So mm-hmm. it was like a flat bread that was more focaccia than anything else that wasn't in a pan because you can have that nice rigid structure and a little mm-hmm. bit of crust. But I don't know why I didn't do focaccia. That it's, was Yeah, it's easy. And the Greeley Farmer's Market has a stand that is all olive oil, like special infused mm-hmm. olive oils. Ah, and they have a white balsamic that is delicious, and it's so good, so That's, good. I'm, we, I was, I'm, I'm famished right now. I don't. Yeah, I I'm know. Hungry. <laughs> Talking about food. it sounds so good. <laughs> um, with olive oil, so I, I, I ordered a hydroponics, hydroponics, uh, mm-hmm. something where I can grow herbs inside, starting Ooh, from pods and seeds and germination nice. and everything. Well, that's a lovely idea and concept at all until you have three menacing cats, yes. one of which is named Pippin Squeak, who I know is the guilty culprit of snatching some of my herbs that I'm growing. Mowing. Anyway, I think it's doing a little better now. I hope. I might have to move it somewhere else. But I started that on Super Bowl Sunday, germinating the seeds, planting them. And uh, um, I got a dozen different pods going, three of which are basil because I love basil. And I cannot have enough basil and fresh basil, especially to make and save pesto. I know. You need so much to make pesto. It's crazy. It's alarming. I could do a whole harvest of one of my plants last summer, and that would be one batch of pesto. That's not enough. That's crazy. It's, I am with you. <laughs> but, you know, so I got this going. Uh, of course, they're all like in their baby stages of, of uh, you know, just starting to sprout. So um, two weeks in, I'm really liking it. I don't know if I'm going to just have them sit and grow in there and trim all, you know, the, mm. the rosemary, the parsley, the sage, thyme, um, cilantro and stuff I have in there. Or if I'm going to transplant them and move them outside and then get another batch going because ideally I want to have an herb garden available all year long. Yeah, 
that's awesome. I realize as I've been better of eating and making meals, especially, you know, I'm going to reference my billeting with, with the grit kids. Um, I, I don't, I don't like not having fresh stuff around. I agree. And even at the supermarket, you get an onion and it's rotten in three days. Yes, I agree. It's, and it's awful. Like you don't know. And you don't, I, that's why I like the farmer's markets because you at least, mm-hmm. they taste, it tastes so different fresh produce does and it's i feel like it takes a second to get used to i struggle with greens which is crazy because i'm vegan but like really fresh like lettuce and like just different leafy greens that are Mm -hmm. bitter it takes me a second to adjust to how bitter they taste but i would eat so much healthier if it was just more accessible and simple yes yeah we were in healthy food tasted good <laughs> when uh, problem, Micah. we were in Mexico, I mean, I realized how good we ate down there. Yes, I don't know if we've had a show since I got back from. No, from I don't think we have. But we you know we never we ate a lot, but never overindulged mm-hmm. to the point where we just felt uncomfortable. And I mean, there was fresh fruit, fresh veggies, fresh juice and smoothie all day long, and plenty of booze and stuff to go with mm-hmm. it. Of course, but it was so 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 good. And coming back, you know, we tried juicing for a bit, and that's so time-consuming. Incredibly expensive. Yes. To just, oh, and it was like, no wonder people, we don't eat well. No, no, we don't. That was a huge thing I noticed when I became vegan was that the way that I ate fruits and veggies really changed because now I couldn't eat a lot of processed foods. So I ate a lot of fruits and veggies and it I felt so much better. But the amount of produce available is shocking. Like, And it's not great produce. I had a similar thing when I went to Mexico where I st- there was like a fruits and vegetable stand like on the side of the highway by the Airbnb I was staying at. And I lo- it was so good and it was so cheap and it was just delicious. I miss that. Yes. We had a breakfast a few weeks ago and Estes Park just took a night and it was such a good breakfast, but it was, it wasn't very great for me. And yeah. I just felt like crud the entire morning because yes. I overate. It was amazing. It was a half a patty of a burger, you know, smothered in green chili and uh, the, the, the gravy for biscuits and gravy, scrambled eggs, potatoes, sourdough bread. Feeling hungry again? <laughs> no, no. I, I remember how I felt after that. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of food. Um I don't know. There's just not a good balance. I'll, I'll, I'll use this example of um, a dip I had prepared for last year's Super Bowl in my crock pot. It's my Nick's famous queso. Yes. And I love it. You know, Velveeta and chilies, jalapenos, tomato, all that stuff. And it's just a great dip for a party. Well, I had forgotten about it, you know, maybe four months after the Super Bowl last year. It was just in my garage. And at a certain point, I just ignored it. Like, yep, I know it's in there. It's the remaining dip. And when I finally was resigned to, all right, well, I'm probably going to have to throw this crock pot away. Opened it up, expecting it to be moldy and disgusting, you know, Hormel chili and stuff in there. Opened it up, and it looked just as it did, just solidified oh, from that's worse, the even. Super Bowl party. That's worse. Scraped it out, washed it, and it was fine. And I just, it was... Oh. And how many people died from eating that? <laughs> no, that's what people eat on a regular basis is it the is. problem. It is. I'm with you. So I just reheated that and took it to the Super Bowl party this year. And, uh, <laughs> nice, yep. And several people died. <laughs> no one knew the difference. <laughs> yep. That's what we put in our bodies, people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be back after this break.
Welcome back to Nick Snacks. It's so good to be back. There's been so much to cover. Oh my gosh, so much has happened. There's in, in uh, the world. In the world, um, we know we like to have structure now, in large part to our f- biggest fan, fan, John Emery. This, yep. Thank you, John. Mostly, I think the summaries help. That I uh, think so. That I text and Micah puts up on on the on the recap of the episode on the Oops. web. <laughs> Go to 1310kfk.com and see if I actually did it. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, we were talking the, uh, how random this episode could be because we've missed so much, but we did talk food. Yes. Sourdough bread. Yes. Uh, still hungry. Um, we were talking beforehand, though, about the amount of random, but also possessions that we have around. Yes. I don't know if either of you know the statistics, but I'm going to ask... What do you think the average household has as far as number of items oh, in a house? Thousands. Like, maybe a, is it crazy to say a million? Is that too many? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> Not a million. Oh. Wait, are we averaging with the hoarders? Because I feel like the hoarders don't count. No, I mean, but when you're taking the average, maybe you're like taking the extremes. So 80,000 things. 80,000. Micah, what's your guess? She definitely uh, took the over on this one. Me? Um, I'm I'm just going to s- stick with thousands and keep it very general. Vague. Uh, it's actually the average home in the United States has 300,000 <gasps> items in it. That's insane. Does, does that include <sighs> the toilet and other necessary items? I'm not sure. I, I, I like, are, are you taking each grain of rice? Because then we'd be yeah. in the millions. But, um, I, I mean, just if you emptied out your junk drawer... Yeah. Which I know somebody who would hate it being called a junk drawer because it just insinuates chaos when it could be organized. However, if you just dump that out, I'm, I could probably say I have a hundred items in there easily. Spatulas and measuring t- teaspoons and measuring cups. Yeah. Yeah. I am with you. Uh, and I, I don't even have – like I just love to have stuff. Like I love little trinkets, my clothes. I have so many pairs of shoes. My cat's – have so many toys. Oh, I thought you were going to say your cats have so many pairs of shoes. No shoes, just some outfits. Things. Oh god, you dress up your cat. Yep, to both of them, I sure do, and they love okay, it. Okay, that that is abuse. I'm calling Peta. It's not abuse. They like it. They're they, featured on a calendar. <laughs> yes, not yet, but it's coming. <laughs> cats with attitudes. Yes. Catitudes. Catitudes. Yes. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. I, uh, Please don't tell me you make your cats vegan. No, no, that would okay, be insane. Good. My don't goal worry. is to, I don't know what decluttering is when you have that much stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to go the whole Marie Kondo method of does this bring you joy or not? Because yeah. there are some things that don't necessarily bring me joy that I need around my house. I agree. Like spare batteries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get it? That's a good point. <laughs> Just, they're, but they're, but it the really sucks when I don't bunny, have one. The Energizer Bunny so cute. Maybe that. Maybe, maybe. So I don't like I don't like that method. That kind of bothers me. I'm I'm not really in this fad of wanting to become a minimalist by any means, but also I want to declutter and not just replenish that with something else. Mm-hmm. The average person I think donates um, seventy five pounds of clothes a year, but spends over two thousand dollars on new clothes a year. It certainly doesn't correlate from pounds of donation to dollars spent. Um, That's but yeah. it's it's. 
Uh, uh, did you say the average person or the average family? The average person. I don't believe that statistic. These are all just averages, Micah. Not not what you think of the extremes. And you, I feel like they're averages. adding the extremes. That's what averages are. If we wanted the median, then I must be on the low end. Yeah, I feel like that's not crazy for me personally. Like that amount of yeah. I mean, even just take a couple pairs of shoes. You're adding pounds to the to right. a bag of something donated. Well, no. or I don't think like I spent two thousand. You know, those add up. Yeah. I don't think I spent $2,000 on clothes in 10 years. Oh, I spend that much on suits a year, if not. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it depends on what your tastes are, too, because if you are like a, even me, who I like thrift a lot of what I have or I get it secondhand, I still have definitely spent, I would say, God, it's awful to think about, but honestly not, because it's, it's good to invest in what you wear. But when I do splurge, it's expensive stuff, $100, $100 too, even. Adds up. My, but uh, you also, I'll say this about you: when you thrift, you're actually supporting a cause. So yes. That's a good thing. Yes. yes. I like. Uh, I've never. I've not thrifted much before. I'm curious about it. I do donate my suits there. Mm-hmm. Um, not usually after. I use not dry cleaned. I should be better about that. But uh, I'm trying to simplify. This is silly, but I'm. I'm thinking about it well when i first started with the orchestra mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago um as the executive director i went out and bought two new suits because the last ones i had you know were from early college days or maybe even high school i don't know just something they had three buttons on it Ugh. wow wow it was like way back in the 80s <laughs> um since you know that was like three leap years ago whoa i know it's a leap year it's like 10 years 12 nice. years anyhow <laughs> um Leap days ago, I should have said. Yeah. Eh, either or. Tomato, potato. Mm. Uh, but anyway, those suits added up to be about $1,000. Go, that's normal. I haven't bought a suit in a while, so that makes sense. It wasn't a men's warehouse. It was a Joseph A. Banks. So I was like, neat. And then I realized, oh, okay, they kind of just sold me whatever they had and were trying to make a sale. I started, I got my my measurements, and then I started shopping online. And so instead of $800 a suit or $700 a suit, I was mm-hmm. buying them for 150 Yeah. Or 200 I don't care if it's a year out of style you can't tell suits aren't meant to be replaced every year no i agree i think trends are similar to that too like it's important to have just good basics and style fluctuates too so i have stuff i'm like a hoarder of clothes though but i have stuff that i won't even wear for a year but then the following year i wear it all the time Mm -hmm. it's just if you have the space for it that's me with sweaters i used to wear sweaters all the time and i haven't in a while but i might have a sweater phase again so i'm not getting rid of them yeah, so if you have the space, and it keeps it out of landfills, if it's yeah. in your home, it keeps you from buying more sweaters in the future. One thing I'm I'm looking at doing is replacing all my button-down shirts with either two or three colors. So having all Ooh. white, all powder blue. Well, sorry, a, a, a dividing. What about orange? No, no orange. <laughs> I can I see where you're going with this, Micah, but no, <laughs> orange is a great color. <laughs> orange, you glad you interjected. <laughs> Nice. Oh, come on. That wasn't bad at all. I'm about to get the bad <laughs> yep. joke alert. Bad joke alert. Bad yeah. joke alert. Bad we, joke alert. Bad joke alert. I'm surprised we got through almost. Congratulations. You've received the Nick Kenny Bad Joke Award for your despicably bad joke. Oh. This is not an honor. You have brought shame upon yourself and your family. I feel Go no Broncos. Shame. There you go. There's the orange. It. Yep. But uh, white, powder blue, and maybe something else, but... Just to simplify. Yeah. You're going to go with lavender, aren't you? No. Maybe like navy. 
I don't know. You want to know what's weird? White and powder blue. Just to minimize my decision making in the morning of white can go with anything. Powder blue, I wouldn't wear that with my blue suits, but I'd wear it with my gray or my light gray, dark gray, black. I love it. Like a capsule wardrobe. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go full blown like Steve Jobs, who wore the same thing every single day. Kind of cool, though. Kind of cool, in my opinion. I mean, Zuckerberg does that, and they were some of the two wealthiest and most successful people ever because they eliminated the 30 seconds or five minutes on average, whatever it takes. That helps you get wealthy. I guess. You want to know what's really weird? Hmm. I was thinking about the other day. We were celebrating my nephew's birthday, and he and his girlfriend were both wearing lavender Crocs. And apparently my nephew's really popular around school. Um and back back in my day, like lavender, you'd get beat up for for wearing lavender and other pastels. So it's just kind of weird how things change. The more things change, the more they stay the same. That's so deep. Uh, Alyssa, here's a question for you. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm oh, getting played off. We'll start the next segment with it. Bum, bum, bum. <gasps> we'll be back after this break. Stay tuned for more next Snacks. Two Nick Snacks. It's been a long month or more Yes, without a show. I know. It's good to be back. Our random show so far has covered sourdough. Sorry, John. But we'll explain it. He'll be happy. Yes. Stuff in our house. Yes. I was about to ask you a question, Alyssa. This was uh, one of those. I did something after Mexico that I never thought I would do. (gasps) Deleted social media from my phone. (gasps) Nice. Good for some, you, Nick. some social media. That's awesome. The toxic ones. Yes. Yes. All of them? Now, I still uh, use Instagram a lot, mostly for the reels because they make me laugh. Yes, I agree. Uh, a lot of times. Yep. However, I, I got rid of Facebook. Yep. And I check it just at work each morning, use it for business purposes and occasion, you know, checking in. And uh, also Twitter because I was a doom scroller. Yeah. And one of the things, the main kind of tipping point was. You know, the resort we stayed at in Mexico, uh, we followed a, a group page of it, and it just seemed to be so much mm, negativity. Mm. They don't accept the, – the restaurants don't accept reservations. Um, we had to wait 45 minutes. Oh, the, I mean, have you been out on a Friday night lately anywhere? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the pool situation was so bad because people would leave their towels out there and the staff wouldn't move them or do anything. We couldn't find a spot. And we, we got there and we're like, did we pick the right place? It's like – there's a lot of complaints. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Everything was perfect. Mm. Anytime we'd stumble upon like maybe a chipped tile or something, we would just kind of laugh and say, well, uh, you know, one star review. 
Yes. I'm I'm putting that on Facebook. (laughs) It was, I don't understand what type of lives those people led to complain about things. I loved having to wait for a reservation. One, because it doesn't mean there was an empty table there from somebody who didn't show up. Right. But two, you know, we got to walk around on the beach or we got to go to the bar and have a cocktail. It wasn't like it impacted our evening plans whatsoever right. at all and you're on vacation you're, you're not on a schedule no ideally and then with the pool or the ocean the beach we i think the latest got out there was maybe ten thirty or 11 in the morning and there was still plenty of room so unless you're sleeping in past 2 p.m of course you're not going to have a table or right. something or a chair there so coming back and realizing that I'm up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, and I don't get out of bed till 6.30 because I'm just scrolling through Facebook or Twitter and letting things get under my skin and wanting to post, but then not doing so. Mm-hmm. I um, I deleted those from my phone. Not nice. my accounts, but just uh, done with those two. Yes. That is awesome. That is, I think, deleting social media and just not even necessarily deleting it, but realizing that like everything you interact with, you have a relationship with and you control what that is. So like your relationship to social media doesn't like it. If it's toxic, then it's not worth having it around. And even if it's not toxic, it's a it's such a time waster. I do it, too. But it's but it can be. There's so much vitriol and negativity. Yes. And I left reviews um, on, on Costco travel and it was just my experience and it was flawless. Everyone was so kind. The rooms were fine. I'm not there to just sit in a luxury room. No, it's not why we went on a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, the golf course wasn't a five-star golf course. It was something that cost 25 bucks with club rentals, 35 right. bucks for me to walk around, get bit by a lot of mosquitoes while doing so. But still, I had there was literally nothing I could find to complain about, mm. even if I wanted to. And it was, I don't know, people just make me sad. So got rid of those. Nice. Uh, and have some more time in my mornings back, which nice. is nice. And I feel like I'm a little happier. That's awesome. Now, speaking of time wasting, Alyssa. <gasps> yes. How many years oh. on average, and this is not meant to be inflammatory or sexist or anything, but okay. it was just a statistic, do women spend shopping? Oh. How many years of their life Maybe do they like spend shopping? Five or six. Eight. Eight? Eight years on average. Because we're trying to find the deals, I swear. Because <laughs> we're comparing prices. That's crazy. But you know what? I I think that it's more frightening for me when people spend almost no time. Like mm-hmm. you just go in, buy the first thing you see, and then you're out. Like if you spend time, so I'm justifying it, you spend time <laughs> getting to know the environment, cultivating what you want. And then that gets confusing with online shopping. Like, mm. do you do the times when I'm just like putting things in an online cart, but then I don't check out? Does that I think is so. that on my clock? I think so. <laughs> oh, I, God. Yeah. And do they tally in like the drive time back and forth? What if you throw some other errands in there too, like yes. picking up a sandwich or something like that? Yes. And does do groceries count? I don't think so. Okay. But That's... I mean, you could justify that. Because Target, then. Target has everything. Mm -hmm. You could grocery shop there if you are crazy. There was another stat I didn't remember off the top of my head of how much time we spend looking for things we lost. (sighs) I would be years for me. I I lose everything. I think it is. And it's something as simple as you dropped it in between the seat and then you forget about it and then cleaning it out. I mean, it was... 
that was one of the rabbit holes. So I may not be, you know, <laughs> scrolling through yes. Facebook or Twitter. Um, I found some other things to preoccupy my time. Yes. But it's interesting nuggets of information. Yes. I My recent thing was I went through a phase. I don't know why. When I wasn't using my phone, I would put it on top of my fridge. I don't know. Like, without thinking about it, I would just put it on top of my fridge. And then, like, an hour later, I'd be like, where is my cell phone? And I couldn't find it. And, like, every time it was on top of my fridge. So it wasn't meant to, like... No. Detract you or say, okay, I'm going to make this harder to access. It no. Was just, I was just, I would like come home and I would just place it. I don't know why. You're not I the did that. tallest of individuals. No. Did you? Nope. Did you struggle to put it up there? Yeah. I'd have to get on my, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I was doing this. I've, I've stopped. I have hence stopped. But do you suspect that your roommate might be mm. maybe. Testing you maybe. in anything of maybe pheromones that might be released or just subtle hints or cues that uh, maybe. that they're just put and then maybe documenting it Putting for science. My phone. Maybe, maybe we are we are a, a prank forward household, so it's possible that. But even if I'm alone, my phone is on the fridge. Why? I don't. It's the weirdest place for a phone to be, but that's okay. Hmm. Whatever. That's my well, time waster. Is I mean, now, that. if you open the fridge, would the phone fall off of it? No. I put it I put it up from the side of the fridge. Like, And when I'm walking past, I just, I don't know why, I just put my phone on top of the side of the fridge, and then it's like, and I'm short, so I can't see the top of the fridge. So I have to, like, swipe my entire arm to find it. Do you also put the keys in the oven? No, I don't do the keys in the oven. The keys. What about are just, the refrigerator? The keys are just anybody's guess where they are. We put a key ring right next to the door, and that has helped a little. But keys, headphones, and phone—I never know where they are, and it's like headphones essential for me. Yeah, I was thinking with the refrigerator, if you were to have gone missing, yes, and a detective had to come to your household, they probably would open up the fridge to see what you might have eaten last, and the mm. phone could have trickled down. But that—that's clearly not where you put it as a clue. No, as a clue, I don't know where I would put it as a clue. Well, if if you knew that was coming for a clue. Hmm. You, maybe I would do that then. Maybe you would have avoided you know, <laughs> yeah, going missing. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I'll take it with me. People can track me. Unless I want to be missing. This is get spiraling out of a muck. It's out of a muck. <laughs> yes. It's true. Well, other habits. Other time wasters? Mm. I don't know. It's a, uh, We're already almost two months into the end of the year. Do you still have any resolutions? Are they still on No, minds? but I have surprised myself. So I did my bingo sheet. Hmm. And I, I will say this far into the year, my my goals for this year have really changed. I am just really enjoying where I'm at, like what I'm doing. I'm just kind of trying to enjoy life. But I've crossed off a lot from my bingo sheet. Awesome. How close to, are you to a bingo? Still like three away. And but that's can't, two like, in one row. And do it right to win? No. No, 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 no. Although, if I did, that's still cool. That is cool, because you're doing things on your bingo card. Exactly. Impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be back after this break.
Welcome back to Nick Snacks. <laughs> You like the 80s music I'm playing? Yes. We were talking about the 80s before the show, and we got Mike on a cover kick. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Two of them are actually from the 80s, and the rest of them are 80s covers of 80s songs. Nice. Metal covers. I know the gal who's founded uh, Country Kick-Up, a little dance nonprofit. So maybe I'm going to propose they do a cover kick-up dance night where they do a lot of dancing to cover songs. Yes, that's a good idea. Or have people perform covers while they dance. Even better. Love it. Cover kick up. We're we're on it. Uh, folks, I tell you, if you ever need any marketing ideas or just maybe just Nickisms, just buy me a drink at the distillery for an hour and yeah. there will be a They'll lot come. of silly ideas, but a lot of well, at least enough gold that it won't be a waste of your time. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully that. Anyway. Um last segment. Yes. I remember I wanted to talk about this, well, when we thought we'd have shows, but then the sports ball got in the way. Um, Something really, really neat from, uh, I've been listening to a podcast, kind of balancing the dramatic shows or episodes or stock um, investment podcasts that I listen to, to, I don't know, just something for me. Yes. Or still good for my brain. So something that popped up on Spotify was a little bit of optimism by Simon Sinek. And Simon Mm. Sinek's a really well-known author, um, Find Your Why and other things like that. Mm. Really great guy. Um, I've found value in in what he's written before. But he has these 30-minute podcasts with all these really neat and interesting people. And one um, was a a chef. I don't know. She has a show on Netflix or something like that. But it was so funny. I was at uh, at work talking to one of the admins, and she had mentioned just the backstory of this. And I said, oh, it's the 8-Minute Friend. So we had heard the same podcast. We were kind of geeking out over it. I sent it to Chalice Springfield, who's been on the show before, because she had once talked about, like, your 1-inch friends, the friends you can write on a 1-inch piece of paper, mm-hmm. not like, like, you know, small, three, four people maybe, um, that you know, know will always have your back. Well, Simon was talking to this gal. Um, you know, or whatever. She texted him like, hey, what's up or something. And then a few months later, and I might butcher the story. You'll have to listen to it. A bit of optimism by Simon Sinek uh, that he had found out that she really wasn't doing well. And when he had found out and they were talking, he says, why didn't you reach out to me? He's like, I thought we were close. She goes, I did. So he's scrolling through his phone, seeing what did she possibly say? She's like, all you said was, hey, what's up? She goes, yeah, that was me reaching out. And the the topic of that you know podcast was how we don't know how to be good friends. That even though we have friends, we're incredibly selfish because we don't want to feel like we're wasting their time or that we're a burden to them or you know, with our troubles or our problems. Um, but if somebody's going through a difficult time, that it takes eight minutes to completely reset their mind with mm. somebody having a conversation. And so then they 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 talked about it, and now their code is. Do you have eight minutes if they Aww. really need to talk? And that's a, I will answer my phone no matter what. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. It was, that was a great episode. And it all, you know, we are not the greatest of friends. I agree. I think it's 
it's hard because friendship, I, I feel like in the as an adult, you're not really told. I mean, you see it on TV, but you're not really told how much weight to give friendships. Like you're told that your career is really important and your love life is so important. But th- nobody tells you that like you're you really emphasize that. I'm well, sure it's just, into that the other it's just <laughs> well, it's just that is something that you're really sold on is, you know, married, have kids. But not a lot of people as I'm getting older, I realize like I don't really know how to have adult friendships and how to have them in ways that I still think is so fun and like important. And it's it is really hard. Well, and when you're the the, the V word, the vulnerable portion of that, we're as humans so we don't like that. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable for us. We weren't taught that. Yeah. Um, and men especially, too. It's mm-hmm. not cool to be vulnerable. Right. But imagine that that situation where I need somebody. I want to talk to somebody. Imagine the, the scenario we put in our own heads of, well, what if I reach out and they don't answer? Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of spiral from there. So it's easier to just not call anyone because you're not sure if they're going to answer or not. Mm-hmm. And there are... Certain people, if I see that they're calling, I will answer, mm-hmm. especially if it's twice in a row right. and I wasn't able to answer the the phone. Or I'm going to give – throw my dad under the bus. There was a time during COVID. Mm-hmm. It was in a rough part of my life and I was living with Papa Tom for a brief stint you know, in a transition phase of my living situation. And it was early on a Sunday morning. My parents don't ever call me. Mm-hmm. I'm two hours difference. I'm – they know I'm busy, so I call them when when I have time. And it was a Sunday morning. I'm eating breakfast before a, a, a ride, a cycle, a road cycling ride with the greedy gray hairs. And my dad's calling me. It's like, oh gosh, it's seven o'clock on a Sunday. It's early. Hello, Nick. Okay, well it's my dad. So uh, something happened to mom. Right. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Preparing myself. Oh, good. Something's wrong with the phone. I was going to call. And I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you rarely ever call. Yeah. It's 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning for me. And you're calling to see if your phone works. I'm like, why didn't you call Justin or Eric? And yeah. you kind of laughed. You go, well, I just didn't know if it was the zip code or something. I still have the same one. Oh, God. Um, the area code. Zip code? Whatever. You're right. Um so, yeah, that was just one where I automatically, oh, my gosh, because when you see some people call right. when they don't usually do that, your mind kind of spirals and goes to the worst. So yes. that was just one. I still don't let them live that down. Um, I'm like that, too, with my parents. If my mom calls me and does not, like, text me or leave me a message, when I see it, I just, I just like, have that kind of anxiety where I immediately am like, Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Like I'll right, Mm -hmm. like I'll leave a meeting if my mom calls me, and it's never been anything serious. (laughs) Like it, I don't think she would call me with. She would text me first and be like, "Do you have a sec?" Mm. But do you have eight minutes? Exactly, exactly. But I love that too. Having a a code, I have I have like no notifications on my phone, so like it doesn't buzz or anything. But I have. A few people that if they call me, it, they have emergency bypass, so mm. it will ring, and that's that's something. What, <laughs> what would happen if I called you? If I called you and you were in the middle of a meeting, what would happen? I probably wouldn't see it. My phone doesn't ring. What if you saw 
that the that I was calling in the middle of the meeting well, and you recognized my number, what would meeting. you do? <laughs> I'll probably text and say, hey, I'm in a meeting. What's up? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, I would put my phone on the refrigerator so I can't find it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I would do that. The office refrigerator. It's a mini fridge, though, so like I would see it. And how much beer is in that mini fridge? None right now. None ever, but what? none currently. I, I challenge everyone to... Consider their friendships, and yes. the reason we exist as friends and have those people in our lives are to be able to open up, and if they're not going to answer the phone or give you the eight minutes of space, then they're probably not good friends. Yes, I agree. And also share, I feel like something I'm really learning right now is sharing, actually sharing the fun parts of life with your friends, like oh, doing fun topic. things with yes. your friends, you know, like not just being there. I do this with my friends that live far away all the time. They ask, like, what's going on? And I just, I'm like, ah, oh, I have to tell you all of this crazy stuff that's going on in my life when it's like, okay, maybe we don't need to be up to date on everything that's happening, but maybe we just like need to even something stupid, like play a phone game or like send each other funny pictures or like just still actively make fun memories and not just be there. That was one thing he touched upon that I don't remember much of. We need to be better about reaching out on good days mm-hmm. and how you feel in those moments, not just when you're feeling down mm-hmm. or un, under strain, mm-hmm. under, I don't know, the sea. Yes, that's under a good one. Sea. Love that song. <laughs> anyway, great podcast episode, Simon Sinek. A little bit of optimism. Hmm. It's fascinating the variety of people he has on there. Interesting. Or listen to the Nick Snacks, you know, get a little slice of those nuggets with people a lot uh, smarter than at least me. Probably not Alyssa, but... Thank you. (laughs) Well, it's so good to be back. Nick Snacks, tune in next week, maybe, for an all-new episode. And that's our cutoff.